Episode 28 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag You're It Etsy shop. From Outlander inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for birthdays or any occasion, every piece is created by Dawn, one letter at a time, and is one of a kind. Please take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagyourit.biz. Tell her Mary and Blake sent you and use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST15 for 15% off your purchase. As always, tag your mama, tag your pet. Tag, you're it, whatever it is. Jamie had said to me once, I can bear pain myself, but I could not bear yours. That would take more strength than I have. He was right. It did take strength. I hoped that each of us had enough. Welcome to Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I think Stas has got a big, serious set of balls. Oh, my God. <laughs> big. I'm talking <clears throat> brass balls. Yes, they do. Big yes, cojones, do. baby. They uh, took a lot of chances. They, a lot of oh chances on this season finale. Wow. I, I, I legitimately... I, I, I'm legitimately shocked at what they did. I, and remember how we were saying, oh, last episode... Oh, you know, we weren't. We never saw something that was really out of control. That we could see how people could argue that. Yes, um, but- we were wrong. Yep. I mean, I mean, obviously, about last episode, kinda we were right, but this episode, they took yeah, it to a whole new level. Like I, even I couldn't. Even I had a hard time watching. You did. I did. did. And it was, was, we were watching in the hospital, by the way. On an iPad. On an iPad. It wasn't even like a normal TV, and it was still hard to, really hard to watch. It was still hard to watch. I, oh man, wow. Can you believe they went that graphic? Really? I mean, it was, it was, it was out there. It was on a whole new level. It was great. It was great. Well, first things first. We are a little delayed in releasing our recap because I had the baby. I had a baby, guys. (laughs) Thank goodness we had the baby actually on the date of the Outlander season one finale. Correct. So Outlander baby still continues uh, (laughs) as her hashtag, but she is Felicity and she weighs a whopping nine pounds and is 21 inches long. She's awesome. She is sitting right next to us. So if you do start to hear little baby sounds for the next few episodes or several episodes it's because we do we have baby we got a newborn so actually right sitting next right me. next to us yeah, uh, she- <laughs> next to mary within maybe i'd say Probably four feet an inch. yeah she's in a rock and play so thank you so very much to everyone who and, uh <laughs> yeah to to all of you who sent us support through the emails and voicemail and social media and you know who you are and, and you made the whole process of being in the hospital and in sleepless nights and hour to hour waking up and everything, you made it all bearable and, and, and possible. And God, you know, when thank we, you. And we've joked, of course, I've been pregnant for a very long time. The entire actually 
season of of Outlander I've been pregnant for since much. Outlander wedding you've been pregnant <laughs> so we we really thank everyone because it has it's been exciting and I love that she came on the Outlander finale I yeah. mean I was cranky because I was like hurry up girlfriend <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable but she waited till a very special day we will never forget what day the Outlander season one finale was that's right and you know the other cool thing too is we put up a tweet saying uh, that we were watching the uh, the finale on the iPad in the hospital and I guess the Outlander writing staff caught this and retweeted it saying that Felicity was indeed, they think, the youngest Outlander fan ever. So she, she is. <laughs> it was really cool. It, it, it kind of made our day that they that they did that. So she may be in the Guinness Book of World Records. Because <laughs> we had we had the iPad right above her little pram and she's watching it along with us. Kinda. I mean she wasn't really watching it. Well I mean well I'd like to think that she was. <laughs> she can't even see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah no that was really awesome. It made our day to that that happened and I'll, I'll actually uh, I'll put that picture and that tweet up on our website for uh, for the page for this particular episode and as I promised I have to call out one Aubrey Byers for getting a quote that I put up uh, big things have small beginnings it's relating back to Lawrence of Arabia and I put that quote up uh, when we announced the fact that Felicity was born. So, my my darling Aubrey, this one is for you. I promised that I would ring the bell for Aubrey, and there it is. There you go. Towards the end of the show, um, we're going to have some really special announcements, and I want you to stick around. And we also will have something, a really special treat for you at the end of this episode. So, after we close out the show, we do all the cool things that we normally do and say all the things we normally say. Please make sure to stick around and hear what we got to say to you because it's actually kind of cool. My love, what do you got for your kilt rating? My kilt rating is a five out of five. A five out of five? Yes. It was an unbelievable episode. I think it was an unbelievable way to end a season. I had severe lows. Fantastic highs, mm-hmm. extraordinary acting by all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music was on par. I, I mean, Bear once again oh thoroughly outdid himself. I love the director. I love the writer. I mean, it was just everything. It was a smorgasbord of incredible things, all in the name of Outlander. How mm-hmm. about you? You know, when I first saw this, that my first viewing, I was going to give it about a four kilt rating. It was on an iPad, so it would have been a little, <laughs> a little hard to give it a, a near perfect rating. I was going to give it a four kilt rating, but now that I've seen it a couple of different times and I've had a time to digest it and see it, accept it, move on with it, I'm going to give it the same rating that I gave Wentworth Prison, which is four point eight kilts. It's not perfect television. There are things that I think could have been done better, in my opinion. For example, I would love to see Claire and Jamie interact more. Um, but I think they really capitalize on what they had and what they could do in such a short period of time. In an hour. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll get to that. Um, as a matter of fact, I even think that this, that this finale should have been two hours. Oh, that would have been very good. I think it should have been two hours because they had so much fertile ground in this episode for for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and but so all that aside, we'll get into that later. But all that aside, I think it's four point eight kilts, uh, and it was it was nearly perfect, but just a couple of things, a um, couple of things that went awry. Especially, God, I love the ending. The 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 more that I watched it, the ending really got me going. Well, I am glad to hear that. And Felicity's chiming in. She said, 
I give it a five. <laughs> of course she gives it a five. She loves Jamie. Yes. Oh, my God. All right, kid. You ready to go to the recap? You bet. All right, let's do it. This episode goes back and forth between what happened in Wentworth Prison between Jamie and Blackjack, and then what happened outside of the prison with Claire and Murtaugh and St. Not St. Anselm. That's where you went to college. <laughs> that's right. I'm, see, I'm going to father Anselm. <laughs> so what, what did you think of that? Did you did you like the, the fractured structure that they were using? I did, because if I had to watch all of Wentworth Prison at once, I would have had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Right after giving birth. <laughs> it would have been a very dramatic experience. That would have been, hey, at least we were in the right place. Right? We, were, we were in the hospital. Yeah, it would have been too much. I needed to see other things. I, I, you know, That's kind of how it happened in the book is we got to rescue Jamie and then hear about it from Jamie. Uh, so I, I liked how they did it. How about you? Yeah, I'm glad. Well, I'll say this. Last episode, I thought that it would have been disingenuous for them to do a fractured stru- storyline. I, I wanted to see... All of Wentworth, all at once. You know, I wanted it to start in Wentworth Prison, and then I wanted to continue it to to ransom a man's soul, and then see the rescue, and then see everything else. But I will admit, one hundred percent, that I was wrong. I was totally wrong. Hey, everyone's got their opinion. This is America, but. I was wrong. You were. I was wrong because... Good thing the professionals are the ones doing this and, uh, and not yeah, you. Yeah, good thing I'm just a jabroni <laughs> podcaster, you know, sitting in my basement with <laughs> with my wife and my newborn. Uh, no, no, really. I thought it was fantastic because you, you were able to experience a lot of tension all at once. And then you were ripped out of the tension and brought back to Jamie and Claire. And then you were thrust back into that tension again. Uh and I, and I, it shouldn't have been bro- broken apart. It should. It, I mean, it should have not have been linear. It should have been broken apart just the way they did it. Well, and to be honest, I mean, Jamie was messed up this entire episode, and it's important for us to continually be in his mindset, or else you'd be there like Jamie. Why aren't you happy? You're, you're rescued. What are you doing, buddy? Correct. Yeah, and you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? And but so now you got a chance to experience. Really, I mean, you know, to say the horror. Is a little. It's um, honest. It's exactly the horror. Well, I know, it, but like it's it's a little like uh, cliche. I I, th- I think to say, but to say that the horror of it, you got a chance to experience it. Oh my god! I mean, just awful, awful stuff. So we'll start off right where the show, of course, started off. Beautiful opening with the title cards. So we saw Blackjack Randall's stamp. Actually, before we get into that, can you believe the first title card that we saw? Which is the uh, warning? Watch, watch out, because serious stuff is going to hit the fan. We have not seen that warning. Now, let me ask you this. Did you think they put the warning up because it was like it was rape? Or do you think it was because it was two guys that were I think were, it was were, because it was it. extremely graphic and mentally challenging mm-hmm. sexual assault. Whether it was a guy or a girl. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered, in my opinion. I think had they portrayed this by a male or a female, they would have needed that disclaimer. Yeah, because, and, I mean, it, it was it was intense and it was graphic. And, 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 and for, graphic, for the yeah. lack of a better word, I'm going to be classless. It was a mind fuck. No, there you go. That a girl. It I, really was. Yeah. It was it was mental and physical rape. 
Um, so I think that that's why they needed to put it up. Yeah. And, and oh my God. I mean, just, I, I know I said this earlier, but the balls on Stas to, to portray what they did. I don't know. I'm sorry. I keep going. So the title card comes up when we get to see Black Jack Randall's stamp. Mm-hmm. We saw, I think, a the, Bible. The, uh, the Bible with rosary beads. Yes. And then we also saw the lavender oil. Yes. I loved this title card. Because mm-hmm. it showed you everything. Yeah. It showed you ex- everything that was going to come, Be- whether it was the the rosary beads in, in at at the abbey or the lavender oil with blackjack or even the 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 stamp the the thing that he uses to um you know stamp people or stamp wax uh great stuff great yes. great stuff it gave you it gave you a tease of everything we got the opening shots of course of the the young red coats getting ready for the morning and raising the flag mm-hmm. playing with their fife and drum music and then we get a shot inside to see Jamie and this really slow revealing. What a reveal. What a blackjack lying next to him. What a reveal because you knew that Jamie was screwed up, but you didn't know how personal it was until Anna Forster takes the camera, just moves it up just a tad, and you see out of focus Blackjack Randall, who is there, by the way, naked. And it was great because you didn't know if they were going to show everything or if they were just going to continue forward. And it almost duped you out a little bit. But regardless, it still lent the fact, or lent the idea, that things got real personal between them two. And and think about this, too. For the fact that Blackjack Randall feels comfortable enough to lay next to Jamie. Overnight. Overnight, or whatever. Even just lay next to him naked, I mean, come on, let's be honest. That That is an extremely uh, vulnerable position for Blackjack Randall to be in, especially when it comes to this big, strapping man of James Fraser. Well, yeah, you saw all those redcoats outside. There's a lot of people that work in the prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, people could have obviously been walking by all night. Or... Yeah, but, but even like the, the threat of Jamie just turning around and pounding on the oh. guy. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, so you're seeing actually the vulnerability of sleeping Yeah. next to someone who, if Jamie had regained correct and that's something i didn't even think about that's right blackjack Randall was asleep he woke up knew he he broke him that much correct that he could be so vulnerable as to lay next to jamie correct so much was said in that opening shot of jamie could have strangled him at any time anytime he wanted to anytime he felt like he could move he could have done something to blackjack Randall. but it was great because now you're seeing Jamie just laying there. He has, he has dead eyes. His arm is hanging off of the bed in a really, like, uh, defeated, defeated, almost like paralyzed way. Uh, and what a great shot! It was beautiful, unbelievable. You know, the other question I have here is too is Wentworth Prison. Is Wentworth Prison a military prison or is it a civilian prison? Because I know there are soldiers there manning it. But the guy that's the head of it is just some, he's, a, he's some guy. He's a lord or whatever. It, it, I don't really know. I, know, but I I'm don't just, know, but I'm just wondering. Of, I don't know the difference of prisons. <laughs> <laughs> so Blackjack Randall gets up and Jamie looks at him with his dead eyes and says, you owe me a debt. And mm-hmm. this, of course, goes back to last week's episode when Blackjack Randall said, I can give you a noble death. Mm-hmm. I can cut your throat. I can do something. I can make this nice and quick and easy for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to die either way and you can be hung. You're going to be tortured or I can give you a nice, quick death. Mm-hmm. So Jamie's saying, 
I did everything you wanted. Now give me... Kill me, please. Yeah, give me... Make good on your word. Yes. And Blackjack goes and gets his dagger and starts to walk to him. And he would have done it. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you think he would have done it. I really do. I think that he is so true to his word. And in a... Oddly enough, by the way. Yeah, and in a grossly weird way i don't even know how i'm saying this but he respects jamie yeah in a sick at at least in this moment in this regard he respects jamie enough in okay you did what you said you do Mm -hmm. and he starts to walk towards him except he hears the cat what we now know is cattle coming inside the prison (laughs) hello (laughs) hello there cow he hears it and that's what actually stops him that's what stops him from ending Jamie's life. That's how quickly Jamie could have died. Just like, I mean, like that. I mean, it, the same way that he was almost executed by the noose, Blackjack Randall stopped it. And then almost executed by the knife, Blackjack Randall stopped it. The only issue that I had with this part of the scene, because I think it was great. Blackjack goes and checks it. The cattle are all coming in. It was, it was fun. It was humorous. <laughs> Almost just to see, you know, Murta and Angus and Rupert just coming down, you know, bringing the cattle everywhere. What I didn't understand is what the heck took them so long to get there? I know. Claire went in the middle of the night and Murta said, I know what we can do with the cattle. Why didn't they decide to enter the prison at nighttime instead of during daytime when 50 million men are playing their fife and drums and are <laughs> arrested and ready and able to come and save the day. How did they sneak all these cattle in when all these guys are... Maybe that was it. Maybe they figured everyone is raising the flag. Everyone's busy right now. Oh, that's possible. Uh, although I feel like they would have a strategic advantage at night, kind of like how exactly. they raided the fort to get Claire back. They did it at night. Yep. It would make sense for them to do it at night Again, well, because they everybody's could have stopped the whole rape. Correct. Yeah, I know, right? That well, was how I mean, much time passed. Well, uh, well, that aside, I mean, just just strategically thinking, it would make sense for them to go at night, and they are. It's not like they need to find the door because Claire already knows where the door is. She opened the door to to see. Remember how she said, "I I opened the door, I unlocked it, so we can get in if we need to." Yep. And you didn't even use that advantage. I mean, maybe it took them a long time. Maybe it just took them really long to bring the cattle there. That's what we'll just pretend. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. But that was the one thing I was mad about when I saw what time of day it was. I was like, this could all have been stopped. Now, all right. Did did the did the, the cows, did the coos work for you? Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you like it? I'm amazed whenever anyone can work with animals on set. Animals are not easy actors. No, they're not. <laughs> So they do what they want for them to have to work with this many cows inside the set outside. You saw people afterwards, you mm-hmm. know, trying to wrangle them all up. That took a lot of guts. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things had horns. That's a scary <laughs> business. I liked it. It was it was almost lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they trampled Blackjack, especially so, with Bear's score at this point. Yeah. I bear mean, made it. Bear made it a little lighthearted, which is what you needed because you opened with such a gut-wrenching sight mm. for Bear to bring in the little bit of music and these cows to come in and you see pretty much our comedic gentlemen, Rupert and Angus, yep. just pushing these cows along. It made you feel like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And, and, and the the great thing about this episode too, and, and I have to give a lot of credit to Iris Stephen Bear and Ron Moore, as a matter of fact, he got writing credit on this too, is that the episode, despite the fact that it was so dire, it was so graphic. It was so 
invasive of not only your eyes but your own soul you know your own viewing soul as as a as a viewer as a watcher they balanced this episode out very well with a lot of great humor mm-hmm. and and the, the humor came in quick bits and it wasn't it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't like, oh, we need humor here, so let's just put it. It was natural. It was organic to the story. And I think they did an excellent job with that. I agree. And it was organic to the characters, and we needed that. We needed that not only because it was difficult, but because this was the se- the season's finale. You know, mm-hmm. you needed to be able to balance it out. So Jamie gets rescued, and they go and they meet Claire. And you have said it multiple times, your favorite shot. Yeah, I, I would say this is my favorite shot uh, of of the cattle and the um, well, what's it called there? Rescue? No, no, no. The wagon. There you go. The wagon. That's what I'm. Yeah. Woo. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a baby. Give me a break. Um, no, I didn't have the baby. My wife did. I've, I've been sleepless for the past there few days. Okay, thank you. With the wagon coming up over the hill, uh, very cinematic. This entire episode uh, has been very, very cinematic. Uh, in in how they've approached it, you know, Outlander so far, what from what I've seen, ha- has been very personal. It has been it, it focuses on over the shoulder shots to talk to people. It's it's usually pretty straightforward on how it shoots things. But th- this episode with Anna Forster, fantastic job by catch by capturing these great shots like the wagon coming up over the hill and, and Claire sitting standing in front of it in the pants or the 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 ship going out to sea at the end of the episode. They, they've they've really made an effort here to give this feel like this is the end of the season. We're and we're going out with a bang, and they did an excellent job with that. They bring Jamie over to uh, once again not Saint Anselm, Father Anselm. <laughs> I, for, for those of you who don't know, Too I heavy. went I went to Saint Anselm College, which uh, I'm sure uh, this father was who you know it, it was named after Anselm of Canterbury, and I'm sure. That this father took the name Anselm uh, himself uh, as a result of the same kind of way that St. Anselm College, which is in New Hampshire, uh, by the way, all pride to my New Hampshire people, uh, that, you know, I went to that. So Mary's now a little confused about (laughs) what to say. They go to the monastery (laughs) and one of the brothers comes up and says, you know, you, you could mend his body. But he has other wounds that can't easily be dealt with. Yeah, his soul is 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 in is in change. It's in it's it's gonna have a problem. What I want to know is what kind of conversation did this guy have with Jamie? Because that's really deep. Like how, he, you know, he has some kind of psychic ability to say, "Oh, his soul is in turmoil." <laughs> no kidding. Just say he, he's emotionally a wreck. He, he needs a therapist. Like, yeah, he, and that we cannot handle this. Going to have a lot of co-pays with him. Yes, yes. <laughs> but one of the things before we even got to the monastery, one of the coolest parts is when Claire is trying to talk to Jamie. Mm-hmm. Everyone says, "Oh, he smells. He stinks. He smells like lavender oil." And she's holding him and asking him to look at her, and he would see her, and then would morph into Black Jack Randall. Correct. And they would morph back. And Jamie actually tries to strangle Claire. Mm-hmm. And I, when I first saw this, I was kind of like, what the hell? Like, why am I... Like, that's kind of lame. What, what, that, that, that's a stupid, like, trick. It, it, that's such a crutch. But again, this is why it was so important to have this fractured structure of this episode. Because it, it teased you. It teased you into thinking, okay, why is this happening? And, it, and eventually, obviously, gave you a reason that Jamie was the thinking 
of Claire and Blackjack Randall as the same person, mm-hmm. as the same person. I mean, can you imagine to be broken that way? To, to, to not even be able to tell the difference between the two. I can't even get to that place. I can't even think about getting to that place. Well, we're st- going to start to go there because this is where we have our first flashback. Mm-hmm. And after Claire is gone from Wentworth, Randall takes the nail out of Jamie's hand. And this is where it starts to get <sighs> a little Christ-like. A lot of people have made comparisons. My men can have Claire back here within the hour. We have an agreement. That I would not resist. Ah. So that's your plan. To submit, but like Christ on the cross. Well, we will see about that. I mean, wow. Not only is Jamie nailed in his hand. Well, no, by that point he had. I know he'd already, but that's what I'm saying. There's so many different, you know, he says you're Christ-like, you're giving up your life, you know, for the people you love. But there's all these other little comparisons where Jamie, his hand was just nailed. If you think about it. And then Randall actually takes some water and puts it over Jamie's brow. And someone said that was almost baptismal-like. Correct. He's washing him. He's taking care of him. Yes. So he's washing away all the creepier. Yeah. Like, oh, I like that idea. Washing away all the defiance. Mm-hmm. And all of the problems and all of the issues that Jamie was was suffering from before this agreement yep. uh, that they had made. So this is when Blackjack starts his tender loving. He thinks Jamie's going to be into this from the start, which is sad because Jamie, Jamie kind of figured, okay, do what you want with me. Mm-hmm. That's that's as far as I go. But Blackjack actually thought that Jamie understood that he needed to participate fully. Jamie, I just want this to be a pleasant experience for us both. Oh, George, you must. Take your pleasure and be done with it. That was a loud spit. You think I cannot control the darkness I inhabit? That was a loud spit. <laughs> no, here we go. I mean, you have Blackjack Randall trying to kiss Jamie and like the tongue. And, and he says he's like kissing a corpse. Kissing a corpse. You can do better than that. And then do you really believe Blackjack Randall wants it to be a pleasurable experience? Yes. For the both of them. Yes, I do. I think he's been fantasizing about this, thinking about this. I think he thinks highly of Jamie and has been wanting him in the way that he eventually got him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He wa- he wanted to have a great makeout session t- as foreplay. <laughs> he did. He did. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, I think. And then for Jamie to spit in his face is so defiantly. Mm-hmm. That's why Blackjack then was aggressive and rough and bent him over the table and not only rapes him but insists that he scream out loud so this is where the sadistic i want to be in control of you i want to see you in pain yeah. part of blackjack starts to because come he's, out because jamie still is fighting back he's still at an at, at, at a point in his psyche where he will not give in to blackjack randall and i think that just goes right up 
his keister, yeah. uh, Blackjack Randall's keister. I, really, honest to God, I, I think now, again, he says, do you really think I cannot control the darkness in which I inhabit? Even before this happened, I think this was still part of the same scene where Blackjack um, actually lifted Jamie's kilt and oh, he, op- he like opened his legs, opened a little his bit. legs, and then went down below. Mm-hmm. And Jamie struggled a lot because obviously it was starting to feel good. And then yeah, because was- you have that that moment when 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 BGR goes kind of down on him, and you could see it in Jamie's eyes where he's like, "Oh my god, like this is awful," but I I need to fight this. I need to, I, yeah, and it. I mean, this this is extremely touchy ground here. So, this was actually I had heard um, that this was the most difficult scene to film well, out of all of the, out of all the rape scenes. That particular one, I bet, and I bet. because it's so personal, you you are in like you know how like when somebody like comes near you or like you know when somebody touches your pregnant belly, you're kind of like get out of my bubble. Yes, like this is like th- this is the middle of somebody's bubble. Yeah, you know what I mean. You like. How do you, how do you even how do you even do that? And this upset Blackjack Randall because not only did it feel good to Jamie, but you also saw him have the internal conflict where he was telling himself, "Think of bunnies, think of something else, think of yeah. horses." Margaret Thatcher on a cold day. Margaret Thatcher yes. on a cold day. Anything other Anything. than what is happening. And that's when BJR said, "Don't play the worm with me," which oh, I didn't understand yeah. at first, and then I was like, "Oh." A worm. Yeah, now oh, I got it. Okay, that's yep. disgusting. And then he goes into it. Look, listen, I just want it to be a pleasurable, yeah, or yeah. pleasant experience for, and that's, for both of us. And that's what I'm talking about. I think he really wanted it to be pleasurable. And instead, when Jamie defied him, that's why he got so violent. Correct. And wanted him to scream because he could. He can take it either way. Either way is pleasurable to this disgusting man. Mm-hmm. So... We leave this scene with with Jamie screaming. And this, I think, was such an incredibly acted scene. And it was traumatizing. I remember sitting next to you while we're watching it on our little iPad. Mm -hmm. And you were sitting there going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I, I literally have never seen anything like this on... Like national anything. national television. Like you've seen like crazy stuff on TV. Like if you ever seen that movie by Lars von Trier, uh, *Nymphomaniac*, they do some crazy stuff in that movie. I have not seen that. It, it's ridiculous what happens in that movie. Okay, I'll but, just take your word for it. Like it, it, like you think Fifty Shades of Grey is like oh my god that's so that's so dangerous. No, *Nymphomaniac*. Get it if you get a chance. Watch this movie. It's. I'm all set. It's crazy. I'm all set. It's crazy to this to the extent of what you actually saw in Outlander. I'm all set. I'm uncomfortable enough for a very long time. But yeah, I've never seen anything like it, and I was I was so uncomfortable. And I can see why. Like some of the commentary that I've seen from people, from fans, and from listeners uh, who have emailed us, and we'll have our own uh, listener feedback episode uh, in a, in a few days from now. They were saying. I don't think I can watch this show anymore mm-hmm. because they went too far. They went too far with how Blackjack Randall, I mean, just abused Jamie. Yep. I, I mean, ab- abused physically and mentally. And they, they, they think that it was too graphic. Now, do you think they went too far? I think they went far. I think that they needed to. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think they needed to. 
I had read something about how oh, I should find that quote because it was exactly what I wanted. It was actually on the Observer, and it said, "More co-writer Iris Stephen Bear and director Anna Forrester quickly broke through whatever buffet of comfort the lack of male-female power imbalance may have provided." and forced us to wallow in the very human suffering of a very traumatized victim. For that to happen, the cruelty of an unblinking camera eye was required. Mm -hmm. Excess created success. Yes, it did. And, um, you know, so much of what I was saying last week about how a lot of people said, oh, I've seen this before. I've seen rape. I've seen torture. But I was really saying you haven't seen alpha male be sexually assaulted like this and this is what they were getting at that you needed the unblinking camera eye you could still cover your own eyes if you wanted to Mm -hmm. if you thought it was too much but it was there it was provoking you it was begging you to watch it made you very uncomfortable yep and i think that we needed to understand this to understand jamie this entire episode yes he was rescued i mean so many of us would say thank god i'm rescued i never want to think about that again but jamie is a changed man he's in a place now where he can't help but think about it yeah he it, it is part of him now and I, the, the the you know the whole scene with the scream and all that stuff it was very disturbing but i felt the most disturbing scene uh that was happening in this scene beside aside from the kiss was when he was kind of up against the table and you saw blackjack randall's legs and jamie's like limp feet yeah. Uh, and Anna really made a, a choice and, and a, a conscious choice to show the, that kind of power struggle just in that one little frame of an instance. And the helplessness of it all, I, I thought that was really indicative. It was not indicative, but it was it represented the entire struggle that they were having this in the in, in the entire prison scene. So we're going to give ourselves a breather from talking about the rape, just like the show did. Okay, so we are going to cut over to where Claire is trying to fix Jamie's hand. Mm -hmm. This is still disgusting, but compared to what just happened, you're like, oh, this is a breather. (laughs) I could totally look at a mangled hand. This is good day sunshine. Yeah, yeah, I got this. I mean, I'm usually one that would really shy away from looking at something like this. With the bone sticking out and everything. Really disgusting. Really, really disgusting. But again, necessary. Necessary to understand the real, I mean, awful nature of Jamie's injury. Of course, of course. And she talks about how incredibly difficult it was, how there were just so many broken bones and things were all over the place. And that's where the quote that we had in the beginning was, that Mm -hmm. it's one thing to have your own pain, but I don't know if I can handle watching you in pain. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was so bad that Claire afterwards gets sick. Correct. Well, or was it bad because of that? Or was it because she's pregnant? Well, it's a little bit of both. And that's what was so smart and witty about the writers in this episode. They found wonderful little ways to weave in the fact that Claire is exhausted, that she isn't really feeling her best, and that she's nauseous. So all of which... All subtle ways that if you weren't paying attention, you would just say, oh, well, she's grossed out because... She puked, and because of Jamie's hand. I mean, had she been at Lollybrock, just hanging out, playing with the water wheel, and had she been passing out and throwing up, people would be like, "Girl, you need to go get yourself a pregnancy test." <laughs> but here she is in extenuating circumstances, gross, emotionally challenging as well. Mm-hmm. It made sense. It fit. 
So next day, Jamie starts refusing food. Well, there was a great line here that kind of mirrored what happened with Blackjack Randall. To Blackjack Randall, he says, do what you must. But to Claire, he says, do what you wish. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great difference between the two where Jamie has finally given up. You know what? Do what you, you got to do. To both of them. To both Claire and Blackjack Because Randall. he's done. He emotionally is dead. Correct. He's done. And this is where he starts. He starts refusing his food. And he tells her, you cannot save a man that doesn't want saving. Mm-hmm. And Murtaugh play goes and, and visits Jamie. And then we have this entire scene in Gallic. <laughs> Do you really think it was the right choice to have the entire conversation in Gallic? And the reason why I say that is because this story you're also being told from Jamie's point of view. Jamie understands Gallic. He understands everything that Murtaugh is saying. Should you as the viewer understand it as well? And like it, it, before when it was just... Claire's point of view, she didn't understand Gallic, and I and I get that. Nor should you understand what it is as a viewer. But when you're coming from Jamie's point of view as well, he does. He understands it. He speaks it. So you should be able to be privy either by subtitles or it should be in English. Now I'm probably of the opinion that should it should be Gallic, but with subtitles. Because you should be able to understand it just the way that Jamie does. Well, eventually we find out Murtaugh tells us, you know, Jamie asked me to kill him as well. He, yeah, that's true. He doesn't want to be here. So we do find out what it was, the essence that they said. And I think just coming from a logic point of view, I wonder if, if, if that was the right choice. I didn't like it at first because I'm sitting there saying, what the hell are they saying? Well, because you can obviously tell, you can infer what they're saying, I imagine, because, you know, the words You can tell Claire, they're arguing. Yeah, Claire, the word Claire does come out. And you do hear it. And you could tell they're arguing. You could tell it's an intense situation. You could tell Jamie's like, dude, just get off me. Get off my get off my balls here, bro. But God, I, I wonder if I wonder if it would have been better to to hear it or to at least read it and understand it as it's happening. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it. It was beautiful and it really was more about watching how the actors did it. And and truth be told, that was probably really hard. They had to learn that whole scene in Gaelic and act it and portray it. And they didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> I mean, they of course do, but that's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's really, really difficult. So I now, you know, now that I've watched it a few times, I now that I know what they said when Murtaugh tells Claire, I feel better about it. And you can instead just enjoy the acting. Sure. A great shot that I felt that they really tried to get across here was when Claire eventually goes to the Abbey and runs into Father Anselm. And she says, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt your prayers. I I thought I was alone. And he says to her, well, were you truly alone? Which obviously is meaning that, you know, God is supposed to be there with her and he's listening to her prayers and so on and so forth. Despite the fact that I, I didn't like the, the montage that ed- eventually came about, there was a great shot of Claire and Anselm sitting on one of the pews. And in between them, and within the frame of the camera, is the cross. And the cross is dividing the picture in half. Claire on one side, Father Anselm on the other. And God, the cross, Jesus himself is the dividing factor between Claire and Anselm. They cannot find a way to come together in or, this scene. 
or is it that that is what brings them together? Well, that there you go. See, because Claire is not a religious person. She says that I'm not praying. I'm just trying to figure my stuff out here. I'm just trying to be alone and 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 wonder what's happening to my husband. Anselm suggests that she is with God and she balks at that idea. Yet she still sits down. It reminded me of Breaking Bad. Spoiler alert, by the way. At the end, when Walter White is with Skylar at that in her little apartment and they're in the kitchen and he says and he's saying to her, Listen, I just need you to understand. And she says to Walter, if you tell me one more time that you did this for the family, I'm going to freak out. And he says, no, I did it for me. I made meth for me because I was good at it. And I felt alive. And in that shot, in the frame, there's this big divide of a counter or, or a wall that separates the two of them. That there's no way the two of them could ever come together ever again. And I really got that same feeling from this shot as well. Between Anselm and Claire, that that big divide itself was Jesus, and it was the cross. I didn't get that at all. See, I didn't feel divided at all. I, I I liked this because she finally got something off her chest, and she knew no one could squeal on her. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The issue that I had with this scene is I wished that they had shown us bits and pieces yes. and memories because it was the season finale. I wanted to see Frank again. I wanted to see her touch the stones again. Correct. I wanted to see her go to Lollybrock. I wanted every every little word that she was saying. I wish that we had a colored or you know how they colored things differently when sure, it was yeah. flashbacks. I wanted to see that. Uh, yeah, I wanted I think, to say goodbye to these places and to these people because obviously we're now going to France. We don't know as a show, just a pure show watcher, if you're ever going to see these people or places again. And I think it would have just been a good nod. To all of it. Yes. To everything. Yes. The Druid dancers, the, mm-hmm. the rocks, you write Frank, all of it. Galus, because you talked about the witch trial. I, would, I wanted to just see this and say goodbye to these people they, and say you're goodbye right. to these experiences. You're right. They may, they, I think they missed a really good opportunity here. And I think it may have been hard to get all of that in some form or fashion within the frame like within the narrative too because it's still visually it has to make sense you can't just cut and then go cut and go it, like it, a youtube video yeah it has to yeah right that's what it would have been like it would have been choppy so it'd be like it'd be like glozell you know <laughs> um no yeah you're right it has to make visual sense as well um uh, and they missed an opportunity here because they treated claire's confession the same way they treated it with jamie it was just a montage of her saying things and, you know, the camera pans. And we'd already seen this. We'd already seen it. We, we'd already... Just switch out a strapping, strong redhead for, for a balding... <laughs> <laughs> balding priest. Yes. Yeah, and they, they, they really missed an opportunity here. Even if they just had Claire say, I'm from the future. And then leave it at that. And then leave it at that. As the viewer, understand her story. You know where she's coming from because you've seen it all. So anything those words imply, it's already inherent in those words. Whereas Father Anselm is a man of the cloth. He doesn't know the story. He's in the 1740s. He doesn't believe in time travel. I'm, I bet you he doesn't even know what time travel is. But to suggest that time travel exists to a man of the cloth is almost like saying God is not all-powerful. I'm capable of doing things that others aren't. It's almost heresy in a way. 
It really is. Or you could just think this girl's crazy. Well, it, I mean, it's true. I mean, he could say he could say that she's a witch and whatever. Yeah. But the the, the 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 logical, philosophical idea behind it, suggesting that this woman is capable of things that other people aren't. He could have gone that route, but instead, after he hears the whole thing, he doesn't say heretic. He says, "That's marvelous. It's maybe even a miracle that this happened." I don't understand it, but God sees the truth in all of this. So instead of saying, you are not somebody that I should be with, he says, God understands you and he understands your truths and he will forgive your sins as necessary. Here's a conversation for you. Has Claire sinned? Has she done something that requires God's forgiveness? the way that Father Anselm suggests. Did she sin by marrying another person, even though she traveled through time? The, the husband is not even born yet. She has no way of knowing she'll ever get back to that. And even if she, even if she did know she could get back, she still chose to stay where she is. Is it a sin that she, that, that she committed? Is it a sin that she traveled through time? I don't know. <laughs> Are you asking? Is this yes. a rhetorical question? No, no, I'm asking. I don't know. I'm saying no. Frank You're saying no? I, I'm saying no. It's okay. Frank doesn't exist right now. Because because what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's 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 worth talking about. Uh, and I here, and here's I don't a, like talking religion. All right. Well, here's an, here's an even better. Listen, we're we're already talking about rape and all of other stuff. So I you know. might as well just keep going. I don't I mean, want to talk Let's touch upon all of the bad things that you're not supposed to touch upon: politics, religion, <laughs> all of it. Listen, by and here here is something that's going to blow your mind even more, right? If Claire travels through time, does that mean that God does not exist? No. Why not? And I'll tell you, and I'll get into the reasoning why I'm I'm saying that. But go ahead, tell me why. Because we're not okay. So for those who believe, you are not supposed to understand everything God can do in God's plans. He doesn't have to have an answer for everything. Yeah. He just is. He does. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I understand. But the philosophical point behind it is this. If Claire can travel through time, that means there is something above us that is not omnipotent enough to stop it. No, it means maybe doesn't want to stop it. Maybe she's special or maybe everyone else is stupid for not touching the stone. <laughs> because, I don't know. Because she is literally changing the fabric of reality by going back in time. I know, but the same could be said for people who do crazy scientific stuff now. Like people who figured out how to clone. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that that's crazy talk too. So I don't know. You're getting really deep and I don't really do religious <laughs> talk. <laughs> Fine. I'm getting back to the recap. All right, go ahead. <laughs> So let's go talk about some other bad stuff that happened in this, <laughs> this show. My goodness. Randall and Jamie, the branding scene. So Jamie, we had seen earlier that Jamie had started to mix up Claire and Blackjack's face. This scene had it as well. And Jamie started to see Randall as Claire. And Randall asked, are you mine? And Jamie said, only you. Mm-hmm. And Randall realizes that he can break Jamie with the thing with Claire. Yep. That's when he has that final 
that final aha moment. And he kind of doesn't love it because he's a little jealous, but at least he sees this is my vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he does this weird thing with his shoulder. Like when he realizes this is how I do it, it it's via Claire. Like what power does she have over you? What, what even now she still gets on you? And he does this weird thing with his shoulder where he's like, he's kind of like, oh, like he, he cricks his shoulder a little bit. And like he's getting ready to get into this world with him in a way. And he does this, again, that weird thing with his lips. He licks his lips. like He loves to lick his lips. He always does that. It, it, and it's great. I love it. But he realizes he has Jamie. When he's kissing Jamie and he pulls away and Jamie follows him. And he's like, okay. Now I've got you. I got this. Now you're mine. And what a great shot, too, of, of Jamie reaching out to what he thinks is Claire. And it focuses on his hand. Yeah. Anna brought it this episode. She did. She really brought it. And I got to say, as much as I loved Tobias Menzies' performance last episode, Sam Hewen's performance this episode. He won. I mean, he, it, was, it was great last episode. But this one. In Terrence Man's soul, absolutely blows his performance out in Wentworth Prison. I agree. Everything about it, the with, with the dead eyes, the realizations, the slow realizations, the quick ones, reaching out to Claire. Uh, I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Heartbreaking. He really brought it. This is when Blackjack, as you said, he realizes he's winning. He's realizing he is mine. Mm -hmm. And he gets his stamping brand Mm -hmm. with his letters in it and asks Jamie to brand himself. Now, Jamie had like a little moan of defiance here because I don't know if you noticed, Blackjack showed him, I want you to do it above your heart. Mm, Oh, correct. And... Jamie does it, but below his, like lower on his chest. Correct. Well, like on his side, on his ribs yeah. almost. Yeah. And he did that on purpose because you saw he was aiming mm-hmm. and the last he was second, gonna do it. he put it down low. And I I gave a little like, way to go, Jamie. Way to stick it to the man. Yeah, because you just, bit. you can't allow that to go on your heart. But then he leaned into Blackjack and okay. Blackjack then comforted him through this pain. And this is when you continue to see, oh man, the downfall of Jamie's soul. Correct. The you see him fo- yeah. yeah, spiraling out mm-hmm. into that blackness that he even he even said to Claire or, or I think it was Willie. He fell into that blackness at that point. And because he says it's felt it felt good to not be in pain anymore. Yep. It felt good to just be and allow it. Well, this is how a lot of people are when they are in that much physical pain and that much emotional pain. This is when people decide that it's the end. When they when they go to a different place, yeah, they, they go to they go to a real different place in their mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they just it's like those people that have been abused all their lives. It almost reminds me of Mystic River. If you, ever, you remember seeing that movie, Mystic River, with um, uh, oh, what the heck's his name, Tim. Is- is it the one that I thought was going to be about the hockey? <laughs> yeah. What did I think it was going to be? Blake asked me. He's like, "Cool, you thought let's it watch was, this movie." You thought it was Mystery Alaska. Yeah, I thought it was like this upbeat Disney hockey movie, and I'm like, "This looks great." And then it starts off. I think they were actually playing street hockey. They were and playing I was street like, hockey. Oh, oh it is. It is the happy Disney movie, and then like someone dies, and <laughs> it was all kids depressing. Kids kidnapped, and they and they get it was taken a ter- advantage terribly of. scary movie. Well, Tim Robbins, Tim Tim Robbins in the movie. 
he is one of the kids that gets taken and he goes to a different place. He, he calls it the wolf. He, he, he became the wolf at that point. And that's what, ja- that's what happened to Jamie. It, it, it even reminds me almost of PETA. In the Hunger Games, a little bit more of a contemporary. Oh, it reference. reminds you because I told you that I was like, "This is Peta." Oh, uh, throw me under the bus. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I remember. I know. I didn't. I wasn't on any drugs. But if you hospital. remember, if, I got if, this. if you remember the Hunger Games and Peta, it, it, spoiler alert, um, he gets tortured he, so much. He gets tortured. He gets so screwed up that he can't even think right anymore. And he's never the same. You know, of course, this is a 100% different level and a different story and a different author. But I was able to say that to Blake. I said, do you remember how messed up PETA was and how he they say in the book, like he's never the same. He's yeah. never back. This is this is how bad it's messing with Jamie's mind that it, it not only does he, you know, stamp his body, but he has now stamped his soul. He has now forever changed uh, his heart and his emotions. And here's another question for you. Would it have been better to not see the branding as it happened and wait until the reveal that he shows to Claire that it did happen? I liked seeing it happen. Well, like the way that I, the way that I, in my perfect world, I think what I would have wanted is this. I would have wanted Blackjack Randall there with the with the piping hot brand with with the piping hot thing that he had. Right. And he, and he say he says to Jamie, Show me that I'm your that you're mine. Show me that I I'm going to inhabit you right now, and then cut away. Oh. And then later on, when Claire's is being rough with Jamie, he shows her. Then you realize that he actually did it. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, that would have been good. I think that would have been. I think that would have been my perfect moment. I liked it because Jamie was defiant in that like three inches below his nipple versus over his heart, and yeah. I liked that he leaned into Blackjack. I like so that too. I I did like the way that they chose to do this. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give it to you. We then switch gears again and head back to the monastery, and this is where we really start to get the <laughs> the guys are freaking out, saying, "You guys cannot stay in Scotland. You got to get the hell out of Dodge. You should go to France." Jamie has a cousin there. Murtaugh says he's going to go find out about a boat. And then this is when young Willie, who I really love. I love Willie. I do too. He's such a nice guy. He's he always has Claire and Jamie's back, no matter what. Always. You know, I didn't like him back when he was setting up the church arrangements. Oh the yeah. Priest. <laughs> and, but, and you felt bad for him when Claire kind of ran on him, and she's like, "Go fifty yards downwind." Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's had some tough times, but he really he's always he's always the one that's up to fur. Let's go save Claire. Let's just do it. And then when Claire came and said, "Who wants to help save Jamie?" He was the first one to say, "I'm going to help out." So Willie goes to check on Jamie, and then Jamie says, "I want to die. Please give me your knife." Mm-hmm. So and, you he won't, and he won't do it. Put me out of this black misery. And then he, here's a great thing too. The cross above Jamie's bed, right? The cross above Jamie's bed. His soul is under the guidance and protection of Christ himself. The problem is now we have this divide again between Christ and force. We have, remember how I talked about the difference between Claire, who is not really religious, and Father Anselm? Yep. Well, eventually. Claire has to go and beat, kind of beat the hell out of Jamie a little bit. And it, it wasn't faith. It wasn't a priest that brought Jamie out of his soul-tortured state. It was Claire using force. 
So even though Christ is above Jamie, protecting him supposedly, it's not that. It's you're going it's, down a religious route that I'm not going down. Okay, fine, fine, fair enough. <laughs> I, I just like I, I like the symbolism here. I think it's great. It, well, it is, and because you're in a monastery too, mm-hmm. you get to have that. You get to have that the entire time, and it is. It's strong because Claire is not religious at all. Not not Claire in the is. A, I'm going to take this situation in my own hands, kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So Claire confronts Marta once she finds out that Jamie is actually trying to die. Did you know? I wanted to tell you. But he made me pledge not to. I've been praying you'd be able to talk some sense into the lad. That he'd come round. Why? Why does he want to die so badly? He's been tortured. Raped. Isn't that reason enough? No. The lad's taken his share of punishment. But I can't help feeling there's more here than we know. I'm sorry, Claire. Truly sorry. I'd never do anything to hurt that lad. Unless... Unless... I'll not watch Jamie waste away. Die like an animal in the woods with his foot caught in a trap. If it comes to the time when he's past the point of healing. And this was great. This was great because you really got the sense that he is Jamie's godfather. He's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that Jamie is taken care of. Yep. And it almost reminded me of uh, Sirius Black, in a way. Harry Potter. (laughs) You're a wizard, Harry. It reminded me of that great Godfather relationship. It's not just about you know the 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 religious symbolism. I know I've been going over this all all episode religious symbolism, but. It's not just about that to him. It's this relationship, this special relationship that he has that he can go to him at any time. Marta is there for Jamie no matter what. And and it's so great. It's a beautiful relationship. And I really have loved seeing the Murtaugh-Claire relationship blossom over these past few episodes, including the search, which people didn't really like, which I I can appreciate. But they did get to have that special tender moment. With the board uh, husks and everything. Great stuff because it's it's now representative of that kind of love that Murtaugh almost had for... For, for for Ellen, for, for Ellen, yeah, it, it, it's representative of that, and he's taking that kind of love and care, and transposing that onto Claire via Jamie, because he has this great relationship, and to see them blossom, that relationship blossom, that trust is is a beautiful thing. It is. Eventually, Murtaugh says, you know, someone needs to go into the darkness with with Jamie. Someone needs to get in there and pull him out. And Claire, by golly, you're the lady. You're the lady for the job. So she starts by rubbing lavender oil, which is the same scent mm-hmm. that Blackjack Randall had used. And this triggers a whole new flashback for Jamie. And this triggers, of course, the really intense emotional part that is, is the main reason why Jamie doesn't want to live. 
So she has the lavender oil, jumps on top of him, is smacking him, is struggling, and Jamie flashes back to what happened. Correct. And you have that that scene where Blackjack makes love to Jamie. Now, and and th- there's a very distinct difference. And I remember we made this distinct difference in the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I hate, hate, hate to compare anything that happened in the wedding to this. But remember how we were saying there there was the a... The first time was sex. There was an, yeah, there was an evolution. The third time was making love. Correct. And Jamie himself says it. He made love to me. You know... I'm going to tell you guys a little story. So my mom watches Outlander. Um, oh, no. I can't believe you're going to tell this story. I am. My mom, oh, my my mom doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can do this. Oh, God. This story's great. So my mom comes over, and she's just – she's very bold. She's She doesn't really have a filter. She's like Mary. And, yeah, she is. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I'm going to be like at that age. I still can't believe you're going to tell this story. So, well, I need to because a lot of if, – if my mom didn't understand, then maybe that means other people don't understand. Oh, my God. My mom didn't understand that Jamie had an orgasm. I, I, I'm, le- I'm legitimately – crawling in my skin right now <laughs> my mom and my dad have been coming over a lot because we've of course had the baby and she just decides while my dad and my husband are in the room how did he wait did he have an orgasm too in his butt can, can i just can i can i turn off my my headphones no no you can, need to relive it again but that's what she asks oh and i was so awkward because i, I hope oh this is also God. giving a little life uh and a light lightheartedness to <laughs> this like, very dark topic the words what did she say (laughs) butt sex did he really orgasm with butt sex is what she said and let me give you let me give you some background mary's mom is an extremely religious very prudish like very conservative woman and i'm literally standing in front of this woman and the words butt sex the phrase butt sex let me re, let me reiterate, reiterate this. But sex. You just scared Felicity. She just jumped. <laughs> came out of her mouth. I was mortified. I didn't even know what to do. I, I just put my I put my my hand on my eyes and just wished that I wasn't having this conversation, or I, at least wasn't even in the room with this conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, it's fine. So she she didn't understand that Jamie had an orgasm. She didn't understand that any of this could be pleasurable. I had to explain the prostate to her in front of my dad and my husband. Oh, oh my God. It was it was pain. She thought the prostate was in the penis. It was um, pain. pain. It was pain. really painful. But that's why I'm talking about it. Because if my mom doesn't understand how what ha- what was portrayed on screen... Mm-hmm. Uh, how that happened, then she didn't maybe understand that Jamie orgasmed and that Jamie physically enjoyed the experience, which is what pained Jamie. Jamie can't forgive himself that he was able to sexually enjoy this experience with Blackjack And to make it even worse, Blackjack Randall says to him, how could she ever forgive you? Yes. So that is why I tell you this story about my mom. Not to shame my mom, but because I wonder if there's other viewers out there who don't exactly know what happened. So Blackjack Randall took the lavender oil, a very healing oil. He used it at first to put on the, the brand. But it's also a very feminine smell. 
So Correct. he was able to take that, and he kept telling Jamie to think about Claire. And it's say my name, and, say, and saying it under the guise of Claire. And yes. And he's saying out Claire's name. And Blackjack then takes his hair down, and his hair is a little oh, curled and God. black, and he That's throws what that bothered me place. a lot, too. That, that really bothered me a lot. He unfurls his hair, has it down, makes Jamie touch the hair. And if you looked quickly, it was almost like it was Claire. Yep. With the curliness, it, it was. And he said, think about Claire. So Jamie touches himself thinking about his wife. Oh, my God. And he, he just goes to his happy place. And gets very aroused. Blackjack tells him to wait for him. Mm-hmm. And is touching him in a very caressing, sensitive way, reminding him of Claire. And Blackjack does enter him from behind. These are which, Claire's hands. These are. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that experience would have felt different for Jamie. But mind you. Um, it probably wasn't as abrasive as the first time because he's already been raped. Mm -hmm. So the area has been opened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blackjack is now using different salves and things. I'm getting into something that's disgusting, but I'm trying to explain because for those of you who don't understand, Jamie was able to feel pleasure in two ways, honestly. And, and, and Sam's face in the acting job here, this is his best acting in my opinion. When he realizes once what he's happened? done, once he's done and he realizes, I just sexually enjoyed being with Black Jack Randall. Yeah. Um, and then and then obviously, again, with the whole thing, how could she ever forgive yeah. you? But the moment of realization and then the moment of shock, disbelief, and breakdown, it all happened within maybe, two, maybe yeah. two seconds at most. And yet Sam was able to portray that. And so I, I'm sorry for those of you who I might have just made you uncomfortable going through all of that. I needed to explain that because when my mom said that, A, I was mortified that she was having this conversation in general, but B, in front of my dad and my husband. Um, but it made me think how many other people might not have gotten that. Mm-hmm. And that is why Jamie is as messed up as he is, because he hears Blackjack tell him, Claire will never forgive you about this. Mm-hmm. And Jamie believes that. He is so broken. And after this... He falls asleep next to Blackjack Randall, or maybe he stays up all night. But Blackjack Randall at least falls asleep next to him. And and this is the point that you're bringing in the beginning, is that this is how broken Jamie Fraser is, is that Blackjack Randall, after this sexual encounter, maybe it happened again, who knows, but after this, Blackjack Randall falls asleep. Next to Jamie Fraser. And I say Jamie Fraser like Jamie Fraser the myth. Yeah. The legend, the god, the king of men. And Jamie doesn't turn around and strangle him. He doesn't do anything. That he is just, how broken he is. He has, he has given up. And a lot of people have said they went too far. I know we said this earlier in the podcast, but my ultimate feeling is that they had to go this far. They had to do it. You needed to be there to understand why Jamie is so undone. Mm-hmm. Because if you did not see it, you aren't going to get the perspective that you need. Can they imply certain things? Sure. Can they have done with a little less of the graphic nature of it? Sure. But is it as effective storytelling as it's, you need it to be? It's exactly, in my opinion, like what, you, like what the Observer said. Excess created success. Right. And we needed that 
to be honest, I mean, I got it while reading the book. Mm-hmm. I got it so much more because I was able to see this. Yeah, because uh, from the book, I imagine it's from Claire's perspective. So you're not seeing... Jamie talks about it yep. to her. Yep. So it is his words um, and she does... You know, it's it, but it is. It's through it's through Claire. It is. We we're not there. We are not the unblinking camera eye mm-hmm. as we were right now. And this made us feel so incredibly uncomfortable. It really haunted haunted us for a while. As I, I almost couldn't. I couldn't watch it again mm-hmm. a second time. You know, quickly. Like you normally, we watch it and then like maybe a half a day will go by. We'll watch it again, and then maybe if if we're really into it, like well, we watched Wentworth Prison three times. Yes, because it was it was phenomenal. But this was just so raw that it it, it was hard to get my head around. It was. It was hard. And Claire, of course, after hearing this, tells Jamie. You made a vow to me. Mm-hmm. You said that, that I have the protection of your body. I also have the protection of your soul. I lie here, feeling I will die without your touch. But when you do touch me, I want to vomit with shame. No, you are my husband, James Fraser. How dare you give up on me now? You swore to me. You, you promised me the, the protection of your body if need be. Well, Randall had your body. But I'll be damned if he has your soul as well. You're mine. And we are meant to be together. It's the only explanation I have for all this. It's, it's the only way I can wrap my mind around what's happened all these past months. But it's all been for you and me. You take away the one last thing that makes sense to me. And I will die with you right here now. How can you have me like this? I will have you any way I can. Always. This was, it was gorgeous. It really was. It makes you want to cry just hearing it. I know. And it was, it, I wanted to let that ride. I know it was a long clip, but I, it, did, nothing we could say. No. There's nothing we could say that could no. portray it as beautifully as they did. And, and, and it was stunning. And, and the idea that love does conquer all in Outlander is a beautiful, beautiful notion it is the guiding force that we all to which we abide, to which we are thrust, to which we are bound. No matter what, it doesn't matter what happens. We talked about this, you and I. No matter how bad things get, I could be dealing meth and I would still have to talk to you and we would still be okay because we have each other no matter what. This also brings into the whole thing where Claire said, you know, none of this makes sense, meaning I don't know how the heck I just traveled through time. Mm-hmm. I now have two husbands. I don't, I just spoke to, <laughs> to a, bro- a brother, a priest. I don't even know if what mm-hmm. I'm doing is a sin, if it's right, if it's wrong. I don't even know what's going on. But the only thing I do know is that we're meant to be together. And you know, it's funny because I'm actually reminded, I know we talked about this earlier, but I, I, I'm reminded of the movie Interstellar with Anne Hathaway's character. This At one point, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, at one point, Anne Hathaway has to, to to answer to why she needs to go to one of these planets to fi- to figure out if humanity can live there. 
And the person that she is in love with is a scientist who went there first. And she says to, and she says to Matthew McConaughey, I don't have a reason other than I'm in love with this person. And I don't understand it. I can't tell you. There's no scientific proof, but love is there. And it compels me to go. It compels me. It guides me to this, to this planet. Mm-hmm. And we need to go. And if, if anything else, maybe love is the one connecting force in all of humanity. And as bad as this episode was, it comes back to love. And that makes it that much more beautiful. And this whole scene, you know, Claire shook it out of Jamie. And it's almost like she helped shake the viewers into the reality of, once again, love conquers all. Because from here on out, the music changes, the theme changes. Jamie comes back to Claire in Mm -hmm. some way, shape or form. And the first thing they do... They cut out that disgusting brand. <laughs> Which came out very easily, oh my by gosh. the way. No, Murtaugh is just really skilled with a knife. <laughs> he probably He's probably really good at making, you know when people like carve animals out of vegetables? Like you go to a Chinese restaurant and it's like, <laughs> like a, on a carrot. <laughs> yeah, on a cruise. And it's like a carrot that looks like an alligator. Mm-hmm. I bet you Murtaugh does that in his spare time. He, he just cut out that brand really quickly, threw it on the fire, sizzling up with the JR. And it was... It was fun to watch. You know, you're like, yeah, Jamie, get your body back. You've got this. And it helped really change the mood. There were a couple of funny spots that ended up happening, of course. And you sit there and you watch it the first time. And you might, I know I had a problem with it being so lighthearted right away. The second and third time I watched it, I felt better. I think I was so traumatized. Correct. The first time that it still haunted me. Mm -hmm. Um so, of course, I'm, I'm speaking about when the Mackenzie men say goodbye to Claire and Jamie. Mm-hmm. I mean, first off, you have Angus. Who... Like, going to town. And, like, he he went to second base. Did you yes. notice that? <laughs> yes. Asks if he could give her a kiss. It's crazy. You know, just cops a feel. So you do get the humor. Um, I, I, I felt when I first watched this, it was a little um, out of taste. Yes. You know what I mean? I felt like it was like, what are we doing Yeah, here? you sit there and you're like, what the heck is going on? And the guys crack a joke about Italy. Correct. You happen to run into the right volcano across the water. You tell him Angus Moore sends his best, eh? <laughs> and James is in Italy, you fool. No France. I meant if you go... Maybe we go to Italy. Get off, she did. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the first funny moment with the kiss. You've got Rupert then acting like a gentleman being funny. And now they're making this joke. Well, not really a joke. It's just showing that Angus has no bloody idea yeah. where King Jane is at right this point. I meant if he goes to Italy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and even, I mean, I'm going to mention it briefly. We'll get back to it. Even the shot, the last shot of Claire holding on to Jamie and they're looking at each other and they're sailing away. I was like, who stands like that on a boat? Yeah. Nobody stands like that in a boat. But once I watched it a second time, I realized we needed this. We needed the the humor. We needed to say goodbye to Angus and Rupert because, once again, we're a spoiler-free show. We don't know if we're going to see these characters again. Um, So we are saying goodbye right now to two people who've been very comedic. It almost reminded me of when they were checking up on Claire Mm -hmm. and Jamie during the wedding scene. And, of course, Angus said he just wanted to see boobs. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we're able to say goodbye to these two guys who've made us laugh. We got to say goodbye to Willie who was very sweet and he was the last person looking off at the boat Mm -hmm. who cares so much about Jamie and Claire. And then these gorgeous boat scenes. So everything about this ending 
180 from what we experienced. And as I watched it a second and third time, I said, thank you. Thank you, Renmar. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Ira. Thank you, everyone who decided to do this because we need to feel good. Yeah, allowing is, us to have that catharsis. Yeah. I mean, we had so much longer in the books. We mm-hmm. had so much longer to celebrate pregnancy. We had so much longer to celebrate that Jamie's coming back, that they're leaving, that they're starting on a new fresh slate. And they couldn't fit that in. As you said, this episode should have been two hours. Yeah. I wish they had spent more time with, with Claire and Jamie and Claire getting it out of Jamie. Claire cleansing Jamie, Jamie of all of his demons and all of the things with Blackjack Randall. It felt like it was a little too quick. It was, but that's because it had to be. Yeah, that's so what that, again, again, like you said, and like I said, that's why it needed to be two hours. So if any of you had a bit of difficulty with the ending saying, wow, that was like a really quick switch, just watch it again and know that this is closing the, the book cover yeah. for Outlander season one. This is closing the cover on this entire thing. And it makes you, as you said, Love conquers all. And Mm -hmm. that's what this is about. This is about Jamie and Claire's love. This is about how they can overcome anything. They can overcome time travel and not understand the future. And here's Claire saying, hey, you know what? We're going to France. Um... Let's uh, let's try to change the future. You <laughs> yeah. know, screw Galus. <laughs> let's let's go do this. Let's try it out. And by the way, I'm pregnant. So good luck trying to change the future, pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, BT if, Dubs. If you're already I'm peaking preggers. now, that's going to be a little hard. You're going to have a little wee wee. And again, and, and as as sick as Blackjack Randall is, his character is necessary. His, the, what happened? to Jamie via Blackjack Blackjack Randall is absolutely necessary. Now, whether or not the show intended Blackjack Randall to be this main force, Blackjack is back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether or not they intended to do that, I don't know. It, it feels like they did. But you needed a good villain. You needed it. You, ne- you needed a good antagonist. Because, as I said in my, in my ebook, if you get a chance to download that, good can only be measured against its bad counterpart, which is evil. Mm. And Blackjack Randall, he's not evil for evil's sake. He's certainly a very well-layered character, and I can't wait to speak to Iris Stephen Bear about this, but it can only be measured by its counterpart. And as bad as it was in this episode, the good was even better. And, the, yes. and, and no matter how much dark, one little bit, one little swath of light can combat darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, why love conquers all. And that's why Blackjack Randall is so important to this story. Because you need him to understand love. Yep. You need him to get the perspective of love between Jamie and Claire. How, why that is so strong. Oh, love it. I love it. And, oh, gosh, Bear McCreary, you just pull at my heart. My oh, goodness. my God. They end this season with the title song, the Skyboat song. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the big sweeping drums. And, but it's a totally different version. Yeah. It's, it's almost more Bear and rough and raw, but just beautiful. And, of course, it's Bear's wife who's singing it. So I was like, oh, I love you guys. I love you so much as a couple. You make such beautiful – they have a baby. And I'm like, you made a beautiful baby, but you make beautiful music too together. My goodness. And it was great. It was great because it reminded me of Lost in a way. At the end of season one, uh, spoiler alert, when they're going on the raft and they're leaving the island and you have the big sweeping shots from helicopters and they're they're going on the raft and Michael Giacchino's music comes through and it's gorgeous. The same thing with this with this shot. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like literally. I'm going to put this scene on on the website uh, for this episode so you can get a perspective on it. 
if you were to play the final scene of Outlander on mute, it would be so friggin' boring. <laughs> yes, it would. It would be it would be terribly boring. You even said that it reminded you of how you felt when you first saw the stone scene with the um the ladies dancing. Yes, that's right. It was it was a sense of um, newness mm-hmm. and rebirth and something that was going to change you forever. The Druids and how beautiful that was, how grand it was. That dance just changed you as a viewer. And now them leaving to go to France has now changed you as a viewer. You're leaving, you're cleansing yourself of mm-hmm. all of that happened in season one. Yep. And while it was, while season one was, was good, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened and you need to move forward mm-hmm. and allowing you to go with those characters onto that front uh, is, is important. That it is. So we absolutely loved, especially the way that this show ended. Yeah. Then the more that I watched it, the more important and the more thoughtful it became to me because as you watch them on the ship sailing out to sea, you realize it's the culmination. It is the, the, the fulcrum, the, the, the peak of what Outlander is, it's the, it's the collision of every story that they've told in season one. And they're setting that off to sail. And they're going. It's gorgeous. It really is. It's, it, and as much as I love like, the Druids dance, you know how I said earlier in, in the season that it was my favorite sequence yes. in all of the show? And you know, you know that I love Black Jack Randall. Mm-hmm. Like, I love everything about him. Like the, the the character, what what he does in the show, but this sequence is my favorite sequence of the of, of the show so far. Wow! The end, yeah, it really is. It, it's become my favorite sequence. Well, you know, we have the whole cast and crew and Ron and gosh, Anna to thank for mm-hmm. that. I'm so so happy because I agree with you. It was a perfect way. You know what it was like? It was like the ribbon at the end of a gift. I mean, the beginning of the gift, you know, it just tied it all together beautifully, beautiful presentation, music, you name it. It was the way to go out. And it left you with a little bit of mystery, too. Like, okay, we're going to France. What's going to happen in France? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to all the people back in Scotland? And hey, BT dubs, we're going to change the future. (laughs) We're going to try. We're going to try. I know. And it's begging you to come back for more because... All these things have been left unanswered, but most of the stories have been tied up into a pretty bow. And I I also liked it, too, because they're sailing away from Scotland. In the book, they've left Scotland early. As I said, they left it right after the prison. Yeah. And I like this because Scotland, we've said it before, Scotland has been another character. It has. And we are saying goodbye to Scotland, at least for the near future. Yeah, and to give it its due due respect to staying, staying on that setting... Uh, for the entire first season. If you were to leave Wentworth right after it happened, if you were to skip the Abbey, you were to skip all of that stuff and you were showing them traveling from Wentworth to France, it would have been too jumpy. You know what I mean? It would have, it, You wouldn't have had any stability. But to stay in Scotland, allow everything to happen there, it's this great moment of relief at the end, finally leaving, leaving it all behind again, like I said. Leaving That's, their Scottish friends behind too. Yeah, they got to have the farewell, and I agree. And you. now they and now they have only each other. I mean, Murtaugh is there as well, so I mean, there, there's there's that. But now the show has to focus on Claire and Jamie. And for all of those who are out there who love this relationship, this this is going to be great for you, right? This is going to be awesome. 
So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the Claire and Jamie relationship going forward. You should be excited. <laughs> <laughs> They've got quite the adventure ahead, my friend. So that was our kind of thoughts on this past episode. Kendra, of course. We got the Kendra thought of the week now. Perfect. Let's, Let's do it. it's Kendra. Uh, first off, congratulations uh, on the birth of Felicity. She is absolutely beautiful. Um, and Mary, I hope you're finding a few moments uh, to get some shut-eye. Um, I am going to start off with my kilt rating first, which is a three. Um, the opinion really needed some time to marinate, and once it did, my rating changed. It was actually higher yesterday. Uh, we start off really strongly with the camera slowly panning out from a clearly traumatized Jamie to reveal BJR naked beside him, and it's really chilling. And this moment is helped greatly by Bear McCreary's score, uh, where that um, that note of music actually reminds me of Lost. Um, the cow stampede scene, I think, it's just ridiculous here. Um, it plays like a Monty Python sketch and feels really, really out of place. I understand trying to lighten the tone, but at this point, the territory is so dark that it's just pointless. I love how respectfully Martha covers Jamie with his tartan, and it really is a beautiful moment and brought to mind uh, Ham and Noah for me. Um, now, I said last time that I was withholding my opinion of BJR until this week's events played out, and now they have, I can definitively say that if they were really trying to paint BJR as an equal opportunity status rather than gay, then they have clearly failed. Um, I'll address all of their scenes together as a whole. Uh, there is, of course, incredible cruelty, but extreme care and tenderness, which I think is psychologically more violating. Despite what Diana has stated, this is not a love scene. None of it is. It is still rape. It is rape of the mind as well as the body. Uh, physical response is not consent. That said, Randall clearly has a kind of romantic affection for Jamie, and uh, this, of course, brings up a huge discussion about how we define homosexuality. I don't think it's the fact itself, um, the, the the fact of the act. Uh, it's who you love, who you are attracted to. Otherwise, you could argue that every virgin is asexual. Diana created a gay character and now has tried for years to convince readers otherwise. Ron Moore stated the exact same thing, but of course, because these scenes stay so faithful to the source material, BJR is still gay. I loved this scene in Gaelic between Jamie and Mirtha. It really mirrors Rent, where we see Claire excluded by the group. Here, though, it shows us that Claire has lost that easy intimacy that she always had uh, with Jamie, and we see it now with Mirtha. And this really highlights how devastating that is for her, and uh, she sees him really slipping through her fingers. The morning sickness is played up beautifully and really subtly. Um, it's an important bit of information to telegraph to the viewers, but it took me until her fainting spell to remember that even as a book reader that, oh, yeah, it's because she's pregnant. Again, we have that mirroring. She vomits after receiving his personal effects and then again after setting his hand. Um, Jamie and Claire's come to Jesus moment is beautifully done. It's a wonderful, wonderful scene um, and provides great healing for them both. But what made me drop this episode from a four down to a three is the fact that Claire never fully gets her own moment. That's what bugged me about the back half of the season. With the exception of the devil's mark, Claire has lost a lot of her individuality. 
Yes, they are a team now, but all of her motivations have become about Jamie. In the book, one of my favorite scenes is where uh, she actually confronts the question of her own fate. It matters less what she decides than the simple fact that she makes a choice, a choice about who she is as an individual. Uh, it's so shortened here, uh, it just isn't enough. There's, this is a huge moment for Claire in the book, and while Jamie's story is treated beautifully, Claire kind of gets the shaft here. Uh, lastly, all I can think of as the ship was sailing away uh, was the line from Shakespeare in Love, it ends with tears and a journey, as all stories must. And to be honest, that association brought up such a swelling of affection for the episode that it nearly made me overlook its flaws. The performance from Sam is a tour de force, but it isn't enough. Uh, there isn't enough of that emotional catharsis that I was hoping for. Uh, mainly, and I hate to search all the more for this, because we just ran out of time. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for uh, letting me participate with you this season. And uh, I am really, really looking forward to season two. Bye. Kendra, as always, thank you so much for calling in and give us the, giving us the thought. And, yes, it was a pleasure to have you participate with us. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, it, it, hey, anything can happen on Outlander Cast. Anything. People get their own segments. We got my baby on on the on the episode. It's it's just a crazy madhouse on this podcast. And if anybody tells me otherwise, well then, listen. Hey, this is America, but you're wrong. Uh, anyway, you know, as for BJR, it's kind of hard for me to say whether or not he's gay or is he straight. Um, you know, the question of what homosexuality is, I think, is a fair question. Is that something I want to tackle here? Not necessarily, uh, because that's that's a tough question. I will say this. You were right in saying it depends on who you love and what what you're attracted to. Uh, And did Jamie partake in homosexual relations? Um, It's hard to say. It's hard to say if it was consent or not. No, I mean – it was consent, but not consent in the way that we're thinking. It was consent with Claire, not with Blackjack Randall. So is it, it's a mind rape, and I'll, I'll put it that way. It's a mind rape, and it's a physical rape, obviously, too. It, it, it's clear. But because you, you can't facilitate one thing and then place another there, uh, meaning you can't just pretend to be Claire, think that you have consent and you, and you don't. Which is, which I think is, is an important distinction here. Um, and as for Claire's role in season one B, that's what I'll call it, season one B. Uh, yeah, I think Claire took a back seat, except except obviously for the search, uh, which I could not stand, and uh, the Devil's Mark, which I absolutely adored. My feeling on it is this: season one B, season one A was about. Claire in season one B was about Jamie. You see that with in Lallybrock. You see that in the in Wentworth Prison. You see that in Terence Mann's Soul. All it was, it was a transformation for Jamie. It was going from a kid who didn't take responsibility for anything he did at all, and then meeting a woman, falling in love with her, getting married, falling in love even more. And then having to, and then having to answer for all the crap that he did, and then go from being, you know, a married kid to all of a sudden going home to Lallybrock and dealing with his daddy issues. 
And then it was all about his redemption. Well, not redemption, but his emotional arc and torture from Black Jack Randall. And that's why I maintain anybody that says Black Jack Randall is not essential to the story or isn't important or doesn't matter is just, I mean, is, is on freaking Planet Zippy, for Christ's sake. Because as much as Jamie is part of this story, Black Jack Randall now is a part of Jamie. I know people are going to be pissed off at me for saying that. And frankly, I don't care. Because as a show watcher, at least within the, the context of the show, Black Jack Randall does things to Jamie to make him who he is. Or at least going forward. He gets into this man's head. Does Jamie get over it? Not completely. No, I don't think that he does. Now, th- again, this isn't. This is just me. This is me projecting. I don't think Jamie gets over it as quickly and as easily as we really think he does. At least the way that it's portrayed on the show. I can't imagine. You, you can't go from having this complete mind rape to being one hundred percent perfect within however a day or two or however long it took for them to get to the Christabel. It, it just we're all human here and, and let's be honest we all know that that's impossible so with that said blackjack randall is an important figure to james fraser and inherently now an important figure to claire fraser and if you don't like that it's okay and we can all disagree here but he is he's a pivotal figure uh, in in what has made jamie now so with that said yes Again, it is. I think season one A was Claire's story. I think season one B was Jamie's story. And now, together in going into season two and forward, we now have both of them participating in the story together as one unit. Because now we have we have had both of their stories. We can move forward with them, going into unknown history, unknown future, as Claire says, together, so that their stories are combined. They themselves are one unit, and we can move forward with them. So ultimately, I think that's what it was about. As always, Kendra, thank you so much for calling in and participating. And I can't wait to see what you bring next season. But now, my love, do you and, and uh, Felicity, since you're here <laughs> with us, do you know what time it is? Felicity, what time is it, girlfriend? Do you know what time it is? Are you going to make a sound? Uh, that was a scary sound. <laughs> that was you sound like she sounded like those aliens in uh, um, the descent. The descent. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where they got the sound. It is time for the tweet of the week. Let's do it. This week's tweet of the week, oddly enough, goes to Matt Roberts, Woo-hoo! the writer and producer of Outlander. He said, "Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it." Oh, quoting, of course, Dr. Seuss. That's right. He says, hashtag Outlander finale, hashtag Outlander season two. Well, S2, but yes, season two. I think we should definitely be using that hashtag when we talk about our excitement. I I totally agree. And and you know what? He actually had this really cool picture of Sam and Kat uh, in the tweet as well. So I'll be sure to include the tweet uh, on the website for this particular season. But as always, Matt Roberts, and I'm not sure if you know this quite yet. You actually have a $20 gift card to tag your it Etsy shop. Woohoo! So, Matt Roberts, congratulations on being this week's Tweet of the Week. 
Now it is one of our listeners' favorite moments of the show. That's right. When show watcher, non-book reader Blake comes up with a theory. Now this is not just for this episode. This this now is your theory for season two. Uh, kind of. Um, we're leading into. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll build up to season two. Yeah, How's that sound? I, I like it. I All like right. it. Well, in the meantime, this outlandish theory of the week is brought to you by the cherry-picked signs Etsy shop, who specialize in custom Outlander decals you can put on your car or walls, as a matter of fact. And we were just talking about how much we love decals. Wall decals. Walls. Yeah, because like, they don't fall down, potentially, <laughs> like on your kid who's a newborn. Yeah, we're, we're trying to decorate our kid's room, and we're like, we probably shouldn't put pictures of books Maybe above Maybe we should get a Sassanok decal <laughs> to put above our, our little lass. What do you think? Or I we like could get that. one that says little lass. Oh, I like that too. Oop, we're going to be in touch. Anyway, please <laughs> visit them. I'm sure I will at, at www.etsy.com slash shop slash cherry picked signs. And you can get your Sassanok decal. All right, my love, you ready for this? Yes, bring it on. All right. Blackjack Randall is not dead. Not dead. And I know... Like a bunch of coups. Um, I know a bunch of coups ran him over. And it'd be kind of hard to not die when a bunch of coups run you over. Right. But he ain't dead. We haven't seen the last of Blackjack Randall. And they're going to come back. The Jamie and Claire are going to come back eventually. To? To Scotland. Okay. And they will, ha- they will have tried to change the future they're going to give it an honest shot i really think so whether or not whether or not they run into bonnie prince charlie oh bt dubs i didn't even get i didn't even get to this quite yet but uh who was right by the way of uh jamie and claire having to leave the country although i did say that they would capture black jack randall So sad. May, so sad. May not have won that one. But I will go forward knowing that I was right that they had to leave the country. I'm awesome. Anyway. <laughs> I am awesome. Wow. <laughs> anyway, they're gonna try they're gonna try to change the future. They're mm-hmm. gonna give it an honest shot. Maybe they run into Bonnie Prince Charlie. Maybe not. I don't know. But nothing will change. And nothing will change because I guarantee you in this world, the future is unchangeable. Wow. I think they're going to go with that because, I mean, to, to literally change a huge swath of history in this show, to literally change everything that you have seen thus far uh, with Frank and the 40s and all of that stuff, it'd be kind of hard. It'd be kind of hard to legitimize uh, within the framework of this story. So I feel like they're going to change. They're going to try to change the future and nothing will happen. Aww. But Blackjack Randall ain't dead. And guess what? You can ring the bell on that one, too. Well, you can't yet. Well, no, no. I'm telling you, you, you can. Know. Okay. You can. You can ring the bell. I might as well ring the bell right now. I want to see how you think someone can withstand coups running over them. <laughs> Every time we say coup, I'm going to play that sound. And he was wearing some special ar- armor. Who knows? <laughs> special coup armor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close out the show. Well, as a matter of fact, normally we would play our our music here. We would play the beautiful music of Outlander uh, to close out the show, but we're not going to this time because we're going to play something special for you to actually close out this entire show. However, we will still mention the fact that this show, Outlander, may be over right now. Season one is over, but we are not 
everybody, you can go to outlandercast.com and you will be able to see all of our episodes. You can re-listen to them all over again, all of our great interviews all over again. You'll be able to also find us over at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Smoke Signals, everything. It will all be OutlanderCast. In the meantime, however, throughout the dreaded Droughtlander, we will be having a lot of good episodes. And I think right now, as a matter of fact, my love, don't we have, I think it's at least one per month that we're going to plan out. So we will be having interviews with the likes of Allison Keen of Collider.com, who is an awesome, awesome person who reviews Outlander. If you you get a chance, please go to Collider.com. Look up Allison Keene, and she she does all the reviews for Outlander, and she is freaking awesome. She's going to be joining us to have a special episode for of a season one wrap-up. We will also be interviewing Ira Stephen Bear, the writer of episodes 15 and 16, Anna Forster, the directors of, uh, of episodes 15 and 16, and we will also be having executive producer Meryl Davis on as well. Uh, we, all, we will definitely have our famous live stream events, uh, Certainly the ones that are in review get to know Mary and Blake at the end of the year. Uh, and then we're going to have a special review episode of season one as a whole, just Mary and I. We're going to also have some really big surprises along the way, things that we're planning, but we just can't say quite yet. But I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss this. Hashtag watch this space. <laughs> For those of you who aren't yet subscribed on iTunes, if you have iTunes or if you have Stitcher, Basically, just make sure that you're subscribed because that way when the episode comes up, it is automatically downloaded to your device. If you don't or even if you do, you might want to make sure that you have liked the Outlander cast page on Facebook or followed us on Twitter or any of those handles that Blake mentioned. So that way you can stay up on the news. You'll know when these new episodes come out because they are going to be close to once a month. We do have a new baby and we have some other ventures that take place. We don't just podcast about Outlander as much as we love it. We are busy sometimes with some other shows. That's right. If you cannot get enough of Mary and Blake, you can always go to tallmommedia.com. That's our company, Tall Mom Media. There you will be able to find all of our shows. First, Parent Cast, a show dedicated to new parents, new babies, and their new lives together. And trust me, it's free, it's funny, and it's a lot a lot better than therapy for all you new parents. Please go listen to that. We also have a show called The Living Reminders. It's a show dedicated to the leftovers on HBO. And actually, season two is premiering this fall. And we're, we, we're already gearing up for that right now. And as of right now, we also have some other ventures that we may be getting into. So stay tuned for some possible new shows uh, that we may be podcasting about. As my kid makes more noises. <laughs> You'll hear a lot more Felicity, that's that, for sure. <laughs> that a girl. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. And as Outlander has left you with this great big hope and love and care in the idea that love will indeed conquer all, instead of playing our music that we normally play, I thought it would be fitting to play the beautiful, breathtaking final scene of the finale because nothing i say here or now will do a better job closing out my show than outlander did with closing its own show out so as of now my name's blake my name's mary and we're gonna let outlander speak for itself i'm pregnant
but you said you were unable to. Apparently I was wrong. Because they're fine. Are you happy? thought I'd be able to see such a thing again, but yes, 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 I'm very happy indeed, Sassana. get over it. As a reminder, Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag Your It Etsy shop. From Outlander-inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for birthdays or any occasion, really, every piece is created by Don, one letter at a time, and is indeed one of a kind. Please, please, please take the time to visit Don at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B-I-Z. Be very kind to our sponsors, please. Tell her Mary and Blake sent you and use the coupon code OutlanderCast15, all one word, OutlanderCast15, for 15% off of your purchase. As always, my love. Tag your mama. Tag your pet. Tag your it. Whatever it is. That a girl. <laughs>